Hi, this is 100 Days a Year Podcast. Our podcast because, well, you need another podcast. I'm Becky Fouché here with my best friend ever, Jeremy Rabondo. And today we're going to be recording episode 11 entitled The Title? Let's Worry About It Later. So who are we and what are we doing? Well, we are best friends and we've been having these conversations, the ones that we have on the podcast, for uh, almost six years at this point. And uh, we just thought that it was important to record them and to put them out there in the world in case anybody else could resonate with what we talk about and have talked about for years. So that's 100 Days a Year. Welcome. Principles of Relationship Interpretation, Part 11. Worrying is a way of experiencing potential negative outcomes. It can cause us to give up, or it can make us determined to find success. Okay, this question is an obvious answer. So do you ever find yourself just spacing out worrying? Then you find yourself later in the same moment worrying about yourself worrying? Like you know there's a systemic fault buried deep in your psyche and that you have to compensate for it by constantly being on guard against excessive worry and anxiety. For those of you like us, well, you know what we are. We are worriers. When we are happy and in a good mood, that worry can sometimes feel remote and very distant, but it is right beneath the surface just waiting to spring into action if needed. And when we are sad or anxious, that worry sits right on top of us, keeping us pinned to the ground. Look, I wish I wasn't a worrier, but I am. I just am. I have friends and family members who have a completely different orientation to life than the one I experience every day, and I find myself wishing I had their strength, that I was more like them. Because for them, it would appear that they are strangers to worry, and for me, it is like there is a piece of software that is constantly running and will not turn off no matter what I do. So how do we compensate for this? Or do we have to at all? Again, those with even a slice of our temperament consider worry and anxiety a debilitating fault. An illness, a tumor we wish we could cut out, or an imperfection that delays or completely inhibits our successes, exacerbates our failures, and may possibly be the reason for all of our unhappiness. And guess what? Well, that makes us worry too. We keep coming back to this over and over again. The faults and seeming imperfections that seem to plague those with our temperament keep us in a place where we can experience empathy. And we often are able to quickly turn this outward toward those whom we care about most and also to those whom we don't at all know well. Look, I am not going to tell you that worrying is actually healthy because we know it's not. However, worrying can prep us for difficult situations or conversations. It can cause us to plan more carefully for the future, whether immediate or distant. It can also help us evaluate and analyze our behaviors and our words more carefully. Worry can cause us to give up. Or it can cause us to persevere. I hope for you it's the latter. I know it will be. So I think it's really tempting to think about worry as just this horrible thing that we need to figure out how to get rid of as fast as possible. Um, But for people like you and me, we were kind of born into it. And it seems to follow us everywhere we go. But I think for you and me, it served as one of our biggest motivators. Yeah, how so? Because right now I'm kind of stuck in thinking how much I hate worrying. (laughs) 
I mean, I hate it too. I want you to of spin it, spin un- it, spin it positive, and then we can talk about all the negative stuff after. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, of course it's uncomfortable, but worry is, is is the thing that has um, gotten us through so much that we didn't think we could get through. You know, we, it's the, like this, you know, big impending fear of failure, mm. and um, for us, worry serves as has this motivator you know it serves as this thing that says don't you know you don't want to end up this way so persevere keep going in this direction uh, and you'll be better Mm -hmm. i don't think that's healthy especially not when i voice it right but i think (laughs) i think it's a benefit because it's definitely you know we worry about embarrassment you know and i wonder if it's it's not so much worrying about that we won't be successful i think we may try and dress it up that way but i mean i think that's a worry too don't get me wrong but I think it's, at least for me, I, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, I worry about that. You don't want to look dumb or look stupid in front of people. So worry is the thing that pushes you towards. Right. And I guess maybe one could say, that you know, the pragmatist could say, well, if you're getting to success by any means, then so be it. But I don't know. And I think, you know, if we can, I don't know if backup is the right word, but just contextualize it a little bit at least as I'm trying to think about it now, I I don't remember exactly when, but I remember having a moment in college, I think it was actually that late, where I realized that not everybody worries about stuff the way I do. <laughs> I, I felt like it was performance on everyone else's behalf. So like family members or friends who didn't seem to worry, I felt like they were just taking or adopting that persona maybe to you know, to show me that they didn't struggle with the thing we all struggle with. But I think there are some people who definitely do not worry. And that was something that I, I think I had that, that thought for the first time in college where I realized that there were some people who truly don't worry about Mm. things the way I do. They don't orient themselves toward life circumstances like I do. Like everything to me is like a a mental list that I have to accomplish or, or think about Mm-hmm. And of course, that thinking propels us sometimes into inaction and avoidance behavior, which we can talk about later. But, but it just—I—I I, I don't know why that just felt like such a, a catalyzing event for me. But I just remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, some people genuinely don't worry." Yeah, well, it's wild. I think we need to talk about what kind of worry we're speaking of. I mean, I, th- I think everybody has a generalized worry. Um, for the, for safety or for the well-being of people that they love or for their health or for their grades or their finances. I think there's a, a general concern um, that people experience all the time. But the worry that you and I are talking about is this kind of um, all-consuming uh, worry that seems to follow every decision we make before, during, and even after we make the decision. Um so, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, you had that thought in college that not everybody worries. Not everybody lives in a perpetual state of worry. Um, some people are, are good at being, quote-unquote, chill. Yeah, not us. We don't know what that means. But we I don't think, know how to be that. No, but I think you're right. And if I can just butt in, like, I think when you said perpetual state of worry, I think that really, for us, is what worry feels like. It's like, it's like not, not an emotion, Right. Oh, that we right. that we run across during the day. Yeah. It's like almost a state, a, a state of mind all the time. Yeah. With varying degrees. Right. 
like it's you get up, you put it on, and you it's with you the whole day. Right. From the moment you wake up. Uh, right. And of course, I know what I know what we're talking about, but I mean, what can you just can you just, you know, give some voice to what what is the worry about? I think when I get up in the morning, especially when you know, the days out in front of me, one of my first thoughts is okay, and this is I hope this doesn't sound too neurotic to everyone, but <laughs> one of my first thoughts is did I get enough sleep? Am I going to be able to get oh, through this yeah. day? It, 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 when I when I speak it out loud, I'm like, man, I'm crazy. But but I mean, there's a little bit of that. Oh, you know, it's not always. You know, it's not always like, oh my goodness, just pull the covers back over my head and pretend the day doesn't exist. I know for some that experience that. You know, and I certainly am not mocking that. But I mean, I legitimately put it on immediately. Okay, I've got a lot of things to do. Um, and I and I and I get worried about it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I start thinking about orienting myself toward all of these events that must occur all day long, and I start thinking how, maybe even in abstract terms, how am I going to feel when I encounter this? Am I going to be successful? And am, am I going to be able to like put this away and kind of code switch and move on to the next thing? And and then am I going to be able to, you know keep my activity on track, keep my mind focused, keep my eating in check, you know, all these little things that I kind of judge my personal successes right. on all day long. And then am I going to be able to <clears throat> have the energy I need to complete my work and do it well and get myself oriented to the next day so I can get myself into a position where I can go to sleep with right. as little worry as possible so that oh I can gosh. fall asleep and start over again. Right. And again, you know, if you, if I, if I'm giving it a rating of one through 10, you know, it's, I wake up and it can be two, three, four, sometimes worse, but it's always to whatever, right. to some degree it's there. So when you're asking me, what is the worry that I'm talking about? It's just, you put it on in the morning, first thing, and it kind of, this undulation all day long, just kind of with you. I like how, I like how you're explaining it because it's like you're, you wake up with this worry, like you said, of varying degrees, it could be a nine one day and it could be a three the next but you wake up with this worry and then you spend the rest of your day uh, working to get rid of that. So it's like, I, this this also sounds neurotic, but I'm just going to say it because who cares? But I mean, it's almost like we live to, we live to shake the worry. We see how much we can get done, how quickly we can become comfortable. Mm, great. Yeah, that's um, exactly right. I just don't think I don't. I just don't think that's attainable. Right. We become worried about the worry and try to get rid yeah. of the worry as quickly as we can. Right. It's it's a strange thing, but I, I know other people think I, about it. Yeah, for sure. I just think it's interesting how you and I ascribe like the same emotion to the emotion we're fighting. Like we'll we'll get worried because we're worried. We get tired just thinking about being tired. <laughs> we get angry when we get angry. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah, it feels like a failure. It's like this compounding emotional right. failure. Of the same type. Of variety. the same type. Yeah. I don't so. know that we get happy. Be- That's not true either. We do sometimes become happy because we find ourselves happy. Yeah, like we, of course. We're, we're glad that we can get to that place. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was just thinking as you were speaking, you know, it's not just when we were in this period of work. Like when we were on vacation this summer, we kind of felt worried about are we going to have like a full day are we going to be able to do everything we want to do are we going to get tired and not want to do it you know you know 
Because that was, of course, our childhood right. vacations of 20, <laughs> 20 hours long of doing everything. And so I wanted to, I was worrying that I wouldn't be able to relax enough to enjoy my... Uh, and then, of course, I, I was... Not, yeah, I'm just, I was just going to say I'm exhausted thinking about it all over again, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, and I was worried going, I hope he's not bored. You know, I hope... <laughs> I hope we don't walk away from this vacation with regret. But anyway, yeah, no, I mean, we it, worry is something that, that we think about, uh, whether consciously or subconsciously, and daily. And uh, you and I both have done that all our lives. I mean, I mm-hmm. remember doing this as a small child mm-hmm. and, and trying to, like, self-soothe as a teenager. Sure. Of course, there's no remedies. I mean... So it's like it's like worries on one side of the scale and then balancing it out or diminishing it is on the other. And maybe scale is not the right like mental image or metaphor for it. But but it's like we are overwhelmed with something on one side and are constantly trying to like take it away on the other. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. that that the day can 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 just be that relationship of experiencing the worry and then working to diminish it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, re- I remember something you told me four or five years ago, and that still has stuck with me, and that is, you said, Becky, you'll never be able to get rid of this. You will just get better at managing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, that, that stuck with me, and it's still with me, and it has helped me through so much, because... I just realized I wasn't broken, you know? I wasn't yeah, right. a, a hot mess like I thought I was. I mean, you know, I've, I've gotten better at managing it. I know mm. myself. Like, you know, it's not about getting rid of your temperament. It's just about working with yourself. Right. I mean, because you can't get rid of the worry. I mean, you can, and we've talked about this in other episodes, but you can, you can force yourself to discipline your mind and not think about things that make you really crazy and really worried. And when you, we talk about start, starting to spiral, you know, there's a thought that we think that kind of magnifies other bad emotional states and we can force ourselves not to go there and think Mm -hmm. about them. But really it is, it is more or less just managing the person in front of us because we know how we're going to be. Right. Right. And so you have to ask your question, like ask the question of, um, you know, what is the better way for your energy to be spent? Is it on trying to get rid of your natural tendencies or is it on just, like you said, managing the person in front of it? And I, th- I think a lot of times the, inter- the energy is better spent on the latter. Because you have, you know, you yeah. got to devote your energy to other things. Right. And then you're not in some negative feedback loop where you're constantly telling yourself you're not good enough. Yes. You're not, stop, there's something stop, wrong with stop. you. Because what do all of the people in our lives who don't worry tell us? You worry too much. Stop worrying so much. I don't know about you, but that's been yeah. those, those in my family who know me. I mean, although and, sometimes that's comforting for people yeah, to like kind of slap us with, okay, hey, stop worrying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean. And and this isn't certainly to say that my you know my family isn't sympathetic or understanding of just how I am. You know, they'll say you're like your grandmother. Your grandmother was a worrier. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess she and I experienced that. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of the in my immediate family. I'm definitely the 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 worrier of the group. Yeah, for sure. And again. Not broken. Just who I am. Right. So I want to go back to your comment that you made earlier about how you were in college, and that's kind of when you realized mm-hmm. that not everybody lives in this state of worry. So mm-hmm. can you talk about that more? Like, was it, how, how did you come to that conclusion? Was it, were you surrounded by people who were more carefree, and you kind of noticed the difference? Or It was my, my, my college roommate, actually. And 
and I, I forget exactly what it was about. Maybe we were in a class together and I'm like, are you not worried about this? Oh goodness. I think it may have been my philosophy class and there was just a large paper. And of course, like every good college student, I waited not till the night before I wasn't that crazy, but it wasn't <laughs> many more than one night before. And the paper was long. And I'm like, aren't you worried about that? He's like, no. He's like, because I've done this and that, and I am going to do this, this, and that. <laughs> and I and I think part of it was could have been hubris, because, you know, and maybe our sophomore year, I don't know. I, but part of it was his confidence. And then I started to really think, hmm. you know, I had always thought that the person who doesn't worry, worry is like performing for me, telling me, hey, I don't worry, you know, like mm-hmm. giving me their resume, right? You know, but I, but I really, I really started to internalize and think, okay, I don't think this is an act. This mm. is, this is legitimately this person's emotional state and they're not worried. Like some people really can look at a list of tasks that they have for the day or the year or the next few years of a program or whatever and truly not be overwhelmed by that. Some people I, can I really... Don't, I don't know if overwhelmed what you just said is accurate, but I don't think it's worry that follows. Okay. Uh, Cause I've okay, seen, okay, I've, yeah, you know, I've seen saying. really successful. There's a, uh, there's an individual in my life right now who I, who I see and he's very successful. He does quite well. And I can, you can just kind of, you know, see the wheels turning in, in his brain. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily describe it as worry free, but okay. it is not like what you and I do. Okay. I see. I see. I see the difference. Yeah. So, uh-huh. I, I don't know what it's called, but I don't have it. <laughs> and <laughs> that uh, ability to yeah. to separate and just get stuff done in a yeah, and I think it, somewhat more relaxed way, or or rather the absence of the the worry. Right, because I think with that worry can cause us to spin. Oh yeah, like we worry about being worried, and then we don't do anything, and then we get into all these avoidance behavior activities. You know, right get on our phones, look at Instagram again for the 14th time or, or pick something, you know, checking email, but not answering it, you oh, know, gosh. looking at a text message that just came in and not answering it or, you know, making a list, but not doing anything on the list. Doing and all I, these half tasks. Right. I, that's a great way. A half task something that makes you feel like you're doing something, but you're probably not really doing a whole lot. You know, getting your book out, opening it, getting your highlighter. Oh, yeah. You know, getting your glass of water, sitting down, making sure you're comfortable, checking the thermostat. I don't know. All these things to keep you from <laughs> doing the thing you need to be doing. But I, it's funny that worry actually puts us in a position of not doing when, in fact, doing makes us makes the worry diminish. Right. So then the question is, why do we choose? Because it's a choice. Sure. But why do we choose to sit in that place when we know it could be over? I mean, because I've always, I've done this. Oh, wait, this is always, you know, we share this avoidance behavior thing. But I mean, why, why do we do that when we know we'll feel better when it's over? It's like we get worried if we don't, you know, we get worried thinking, you know, what if I don't get this thing done? And then. But then the worry is still there while we're doing it because we're still worried that it's somehow going to be worse. I, I think worrying makes us feel important. Oh. Like we have something to, I hate to use the word in the definition, but something to worry about. I mean, it just makes us yeah. feel like we have something to do. And that something to do makes us feel significant or important. Yeah. And look, again, Becky and I are not psychologists or psychiatrists, and I'm sure you can tell. But I'm just, in real <laughs> practical terms, you know, what, what is my, why does, you know, why am I tempted to do the very thing 
that will not help my worry? You know, why am I obviously avoiding doing the thing that diminishes my worry? Um, and I think it's because having the worry makes me feel energized on some level. Oh, I think you're exactly right. It's like, you know, you and I ask, you know, I ask each other a lot, why, why is pain addicting? Well, it's just because it makes... You know, it makes you feel significant. It yeah, makes you feel sure. important and special. Yeah, as, yeah. You know, it's probably I'm sure the same line of thinking with, with uh, feeling validated by being a warrior. Yeah. Warrior, not warrior. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> forgive me. Exactly. A warrior. We, warrior. Know, we are we not warriors. We are warriors. <laughs> yeah. But. So do we? Do we? How do we compensate? Oh. For this, for this feeling, you know what. I guess now I'm asking you, how do you do the anti-worry thing? Well, I think it's it's not so much um, how do I get rid of this feeling. Is I I just think that action uh, action has to be the first thing, and then the feelings either choose to follow or they don't follow. But um, I I think it's, and I'm certainly not a professional at doing this, but I think you have to always act. And, and do what you know is right. right. And I, I just think for people like us, that's a daily battle, but yeah. and it is, it's acting in spite of the worry. Yeah. It's, it's acting. But I mean, you just can't rely because your, your feelings are of course real or feelings are always real, but I mean, they mm. choose whether or not they follow right. your actions. They are, they have a mind of their own. So, yeah. I mean, I think the the best way to combat this is just to, to, uh, to act. Right. And what happens when we don't? I mean, we've all, we've been there, you know. You crash and burn. Well, or I find myself getting more anxious and then maybe even a little bit depressed. I've sat for four hours. I've done like 15 minutes of work <laughs> and I'm honest with myself, right? Cause it's inescapable. The judgment. Yeah. You know, I've not done enough. It's just this, yeah, exactly. It's this vicious cycle. Cause then after you, uh, you know, you, you spin yourself into this, almost delirium and then you can't work and then you judge yourself because you know that it's you who's causing the problem yeah right and that kind of makes you feel good in some kind of convoluted way so then you kind of enjoy the judgment but then you're like wait a second i still don't have anything done right i mean i think that happens to me less and less and this isn't me trying to signal any kind of virtue i just feel like i've learned that lesson so many times that i'm tempted to just kind of head that off before it happens yeah. But but it still happens, you know. You know, it still happens. And I th- but I think you're right. Uh I think ultimately it's acting in spite of the worry. You know, while again, while I'm having all these these thoughts while you're speaking, I know someone uh a friend of mine and she I feel you know, and I hope she doesn't like figure out who I'm talking about, <laughs> if she, you know. But like I feel like this person she all right we've already we've already gotten that far i feel like she worries pretty much only about her relationships Hmm. um but doesn't really worry about her tasks Hmm. and worries about her work she just it's pretty much it's pretty much that she just worries about relationships but she doesn't really worry about anything else and that doesn't define me i know you well enough to know that doesn't define you but i think i think it I I don't want anybody listening to think like there are the worriers who are one dimensional and there are the non worriers who are also one dimensional. I'm sure there are many flavors of, of people like us, you know, but I mean, so it's just, 
again, we're speaking only from our, our viewpoint on worry, but I, I don't necessarily think it would be different for her. I think, you know, the last thing she would want to do is not work on the task that she has. Um, but I guess the question that I'm thinking of is how does someone who experiences, you know, worry only in regards to their relationships, but not really a whole lot of worry in other areas. Like, you know, what do you tell them? What would you suggest? Or or how would you suggest them think about that? And maybe I'm asking mm. you a question you don't know. I'm, I'm not sure I have an answer for, for her if she were to ask me. Well, I think it's a matter of uh, what this person prioritizes. I mean, of course, this person devotes her energy to her to the, the problems in the relationship she has um or is the worry caused only by not addressing the relationships mm. and i think that might be it um i think that's true of a, of a lot of women r- well i i you know i'm not going to agree with you on the stereotype because that just I mean, as a, feels as like a woman right it I, just feels I like, it. <laughs> it feels like dangerous, <laughs> yeah, you can't say that <laughs> right it feels like dangerous territory to me to go yeah you're right you know but um no i don't necessarily you know i don't necessarily experience that but i i, I think maybe this individual i don't think she would maybe worry as much if she took greater ownership for her relationships Again, it could shift at that point to something different. I don't know, but I just think again, it's diff. You know, there are a lot of different. There's a lot of uh, of us on on this spectrum who experience worry. Yeah, and and I th- and I think for um, and uh, you know, like we were just said. I mean, as a woman, I can I, I obviously know women uh, because I am one, but I think it's it's uh, very easy to worry about things that caught that uh, require a lot of emotional energy so it's it's a lot easier for for some women not all but I mean it's a lot easier for some women to compartmentalize their emotional selves from you know their work selves or their school selves mm-hmm. and uh, I mean I've, I know women like this lots of them um, and I, I think it's great because it allows them to get stuff done. But I think um, it's women put up this protective element when it comes to their emotional states. And that's um, probably a reason why she and women like her worry primarily about their relationships is because it's the thing that's most vulnerable. Mm. You know, they don't have to um, they don't have to be emotional at their corporate job or they don't have to sure. be, you know, emotional uh, in the classroom, you know, they can, uh, I think some women can, can really flip a switch. Yeah. And I, and I would say that this is who she is. She's like, she's like a winner in every other area that I can see. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I know that she worries about her relationships anyway. Um, again, not to, I just, I think it's important to realize that you know, like we we've always talked. You know, we since we are emotional and intuitive, we like to just figure everything <laughs> out, and that makes us feel we feel like we're experts on everybody. But it's not true. But there's um, varying degrees of yeah. this of this worry nature. Of course, uh, we just happen to have a high dosage. Right. So yay us. So I just <laughs> I think one of the other things to just briefly talk about before we leave today is is the fact that you know worrying is not an imperfection. I think we would agree that it's not healthy, but I, I think it's, I think it's an ingredient that's 
part and parcel with having a certain temperament. In other words, in other words, it feels hardwired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't have a version of this. And then, and my mother talked to me about things that I would do as a very young, you know, uh, matter of fact, I have a story. Let me tell my okay. story. I got a story. So I must have been three or four. I, I, I was quite young. One of my earliest childhood memories, probably four. Let's not get crazy. Um, I was with my mom. We were driving on the highway. I remember this vividly. It was in her, it was in her green Volkswagen. <laughs> and she got a flat tire and we pulled over to the side of the highway and I was worried and she got out and my mom's always been super resourceful and mechanical, hardly helpless at all. You know, if she could have fixed that, that flat, she would have. And I don't remember the issue, but I was really worried and she knew I was worried. And, and she told me, and I remember this, she told me just, you know, lay down in her lap. Oh. And she's like, a police officer will be by and we'll get help. And and I fell asleep. Oh. Yeah, isn't that well? And I don't have, you know, and, and you know, she, she remembers that story. And she, she, she said, yeah, you would worry so much about everything when you were young. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I don't know. And, and certainly I didn't learn that. And at least if I, and if I did, I don't, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember from whom I learned it. But it just was, like I said, hardwired. And so I think... Yes, worrying does feel like an imperfection. It feels like something I'd like to minimize. We talked about this in a previous episode, you know, being emotional and feeling like that's a, that's, you know, something hanging around our neck that we wish we could get rid of. But I, again, I, I do, do not think the worry um, is the problem and, mm. or the temperament is the problem. I think managing it, just like, just like those who, whom we don't, see have a issue with worrying have to manage maybe having empathy and seeing the different people on their teams and all their different temperaments i think it might be easy for them to see everyone as a version of themselves you know like we have a tendency to see everyone as a version of ourselves so i think we all struggle with it but i think there are ways to manage worry like exercise yes you know not over committing i mean some real basic stuff right well i mean you and i were saying today that you know getting up and exercising and um you know eating healthy throughout the day is just one less thing that we have to worry about and it it clears our minds it gets us prepared for uh i'm not going to say real work because of course that is real work you know staying healthy is is definitely a priority but i mean it it allows all of this extra room for us to um to focus on our other tasks that we have for the day so yeah there, there are definitely strategies for for mitigating it but um but you're right. I mean, it's not a sign of brokenness. It's not a failure. It's, um, you know, I mean, really, it's the um, the other side of that is what is what um, provides us our, our greatest strength, which is care. I think so. You know, and I and I think, you know, again, don't want to get words taken out of context. I don't think worrying is healthy. However. I think it puts us in a place where we can kind of prep in advance for difficult situations or um, what might feel like difficult conversations. I, we do a lot of rehearsal mm. of those situations and conversations in our heads. Again, probably not terribly healthy all the time, but I think it can help us anticipate reactions of people to our behaviors or our words. And I think that can be helpful. I think it also 
makes us better planners, more careful planners, more deliberate, more intentional people all the way around. So, I mean, I, I think there are some benefits. Yeah. I think it makes us more aware, potentially, of our surroundings, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. aware of the people in those surroundings. So, in some ways, it makes us sharper, and it, and it speaks to our intuitive natures. I think so. Yeah. I think I think we could, we run the risk, of, like always, of, of thinking people are feeling things they're not, or thinking things they're not. But I think that goes with anything, you know, because that's who we are. We feel, like, naturally intuitive. But no, I, I just think worrying in, is, in and of itself is probably not healthy, but I do think it orients us to the world in a, in a, in a, in a kind of under this empathy umbrella that encompasses preparation and planning and deliberation and intentionality, mm-hmm. which I think is, is really healthy. Yeah. All right. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> Just absorbing your last sentence. <laughs> but I think I, I, the only thing that I would say is, and it's what we talked about before, it's just who we are. Um, and working to get rid of it is not possible. Mm-hmm. Working to manage it, that makes the most sense. Knowing that when we get up tomorrow, we're going to experience worry and not <laughs> that we don't need to go, oh my gosh, this is my day again. I was hoping this wouldn't happen again. Uh, because right. I don't know, you and I have both been there before. Oh, yeah. Right? But I think it's just, you know, realizing, hey, this is who we are. But also, again. right, but also like embracing it without contempt. I mean, like, you know, it's not productive to wake up and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm feeling this way. I'm such a failure blah 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 why can't I get rid of this you know I mean we have to truly just accept it like you said as as, uh maybe not positive but kind of in this neutral uh embrace of you know this is me yeah we are uh, I will manage myself today Mm -hmm. despite despite how I feel and I'm not going to be surprised when this happens again because this is my character you know this is me and working to minimize the variables that we know cause us excess worry and anxiety when especially when we when we know right. that we don't need them to to survive right whether that means getting a quick jog in getting up a few minutes early so we don't like have to immediately you know start work you know we don't have right. we don't arrive for the 8 a.m meeting on zoom at 7:58 without prepping <laughs> right because we were you know so anyway it's all of those all of those kinds of things that we're good at problem solving i think people with our temperament are good at problem solving yeah i think so too because we think about it right i mean like you said getting up a little bit early and uh, you know doing what we can to to mitigate the worry is important um I think on a on a bad day, you and I could be frustrated and think, "Well, it's not going to matter. I'm going to be stressed anyway." But <laughs> you don't know me at all. You don't know me at all. But I mean, I feel better when I lay out my clothes every night. It's one less thing I have to do in the morning. And am I still stressed in the morning? Of course. But I right. mean, at least I don't have to go pick up my outfit. Right. You're minimizing those variables. Right. That's true. Great. All right. You're not broken. Make sure you know. Yeah. Okay, so this is the time in the podcast where we express our... Feels. Gratitude is what I was (laughs) going to say. (laughs) 
<laughs> so now it's my turn to ask you. So get nervous, get worried. But uh, what are you grateful for today? Well, how dare you ask me such an intrusive, intrusive <laughs> question like that? I have to be grateful on a whim. Um, no, if you've been listening for a while, you know that this question always stresses me out. It's not that I'm ungrateful. It's that I want to say something meaningful. Um, but I suppose that's not the point at all. So what am I thankful for today? Um, I am thankful that uh, it has been sunny in Atlanta and that we've been able to take really long walks in the mornings um, consistently without uh, without rain and without having to therefore um, move our walking times around. Yeah, that has really been nice. It's been really nice. It's it's honestly a luxury. Yeah. I mean, is. really. No little things like that, for Cause, sure. Because there's nothing worse than, like, you know, working throughout the day and knowing you have to exercise later. And maybe if you're listening and you, you look forward to that, you're a psychopath. And you should probably get help. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, putting your exercise at the end of the day. Yeah, but oh. for people like me and Jeremy, we just like to get it over with so then we can think about everything else we have to do. So we've been yeah, really... Worry about everything else. So it's really a luxury to, to have had uh, consistent days of sunlight. So yeah. I'm grateful for that. Okay. So, Jeremy, what are you grateful for today? Oh, is that my line? That's your line. Line. <laughs> line. <laughs> Jeremy, what are you grateful for today? Uh, <laughs> we think we're so funny. Probably. Okay. So, I am grateful for the, the experience and the opportunity to cook. And I know that's oh. cheesy, but. Like, my family does it, my mom and my sister. It's like a shared activity that is, like, both functional and sentimental. And I love that I can express myself that way creatively. And I have a ready and all-too-willing audience to participate. That would be me. In in eating. So that is, uh, you know, so that's really great. No, I love cooking, love trying new things, and... I got to make something tonight that I don't often get to make. And um, that was lots of fun. Anyway, so it's it's basic, <laughs> but functional, sentimental, and um, it's basic a... It's, boy. But it's a, it's, a, it's a way to love people, too. Aww. You know, it is. Uh, to cook them food. All right. So then next, um, you have to tell me how <laughs> much you love me, because we're going to do Confessions of Love, which we do at the end of every podcast. Passions of love. Okay, I'm ready. So what I love about you is uh, is that we share our love languages. Um, and what I mean by that is that there are, of course, there are certain ways that people feel and receive love. Um, and for some people, it's, you know, multiple ways. But for, for the most part, it's usually you, there's one or two ways that you really... Uh, most strongly feel and receive that love and you and I uh, you and I share that and that is and that is words and it's letters and notes and I love that you receive me that way and I love that you understand what it means uh, for me to give something like that to you Mm -hmm. I love that you understand that and that it's more than oh thank you that was nice it, yeah. it's it's the total total acceptance total embrace yeah, it's sure. 
you know, I know what that means, Becky, because I also give love yeah. that way. So thank you for loving me. It's true. In that capacity. It's true. I love that. So, I love yeah, that. You know, I get, and I get it. And I know how wonderful that is to, you know, to, to love and receive love the same way, knowing that someone understands you that way. So, no, I'm glad. Yeah. What do you love about me today? Oh. <laughs> You only ever tell me on this podcast. I'm just gonna stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I okay. This is gonna you're you're not gonna believe me when I say this, but I think I love today. I as I spontaneously come up with this on the spot. Okay. That I love that you like so many things that I do for you make you happy. Like you know if I'm gonna make you a cup of coffee or if I'm going to you know bring you a cup of coffee notice that this kind of surrounds in coffee um <laughs> but anyway no if I you know if I'm gonna do anything for you or or you know you know write you a note like you had said earlier that those kind of things just make you happy in other words you really and I'm not trying to to say I love you in the same exact way you you're just expressing to me the way you love me but I it's it's the receding part you know, I feel like you really receive me well because I think we both know what it's like to love people and either they aren't willing to receive us or they don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the roughest, you know, when you go to do something for someone and hoping that you will make them happy, that they'll understand where it comes from, that they'll understand how meaningful it is because you're doing it for them and they don't get it. Um, or they try to get it, maybe they get it part of the way, but you're still left going, okay, you have to kind of make some equivocation on, I'm going to keep doing this because it's the right thing to do. And even if they don't get it all the way, it's still good. And it's good for me to do, but I really feel like I'm lucky that way. Like when I do things for you, it's like hundred percent complete understanding and acceptance. Aww. Uh, so I'm super lucky that way. Aww. Yeah, so that's true. so that's what I love about you. It's it's not really anything you can help or not. I mean, you could temper your reaction, but it's just we just share that, and so we're super Aww. we're super lucky that way. I love that. Yeah. So. Thanks for telling me. You're welcome. You never knew. Never ever. <laughs> it's all a mystery. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today. This was a great great time together. I always love having these conversations they're like little mini historical records plus we get to share these topics with with our new friends so that's really exciting yeah we love our hjp fam we do uh, and in a moment becky's going to share with you how to get in touch with us if you'd like us if you'd like us or like to get in touch with us <laughs> how's that all right uh, otherwise have a super super day If you would like to reach out to us with any questions or comments or suggestions, we would love to hear from you. Or if you just want to say hi, send us an email at 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Not 100, but just 100. Also, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle is 100daysayearpodcast. Go ahead and give us a follow.